without paying the taxes. There's pushback over Apple CEO Tim Cook's new plan to get workers back to the office. CBS's Elaine Cobb. The tech giant offered staff two days a week working from home, but didn't offer a choice of which days. Now a group of employees has penned an open letter to management asking for more freedom and flexibility with schedules and asking that the bosses listen to them. New hope for 70% of American adults overweight or obese. It comes in the form of an FDA approved drug. Chief Medical Correspondent Dr. John LaPook. The new drug, Wegovi, is approved for people who are either obese or overweight with at least one weight-related medical problem. People who took part in trials lost an average of 17% of their body weight over 16 months. S&P and Dow Futures up 7. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. You heard you could save big when you bundle home and auto with Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw a link for a survey about which type of bread you are. And now you're on question 17, barely scratching the surface of your bread identity. You always thought of yourself as a brioche, but are you actually more of a pumpernickel? Ah, yes. They said it was easy to save money bundling with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Jess's 30-minute bike boot camp? I guess it's that kind of day. Are you ready for a total body workout, Peloton fam? I am. We'll start the class on the bike and then move to the floor. Let's get it. With Peloton instructors right in your home? Are you feeling it yet? Let's keep pushing for five. You have motivation that's ready when you are. Clip off that bike and meet me on the mat for lunges. I got this. You showed up today, Peloton. Who's feeling sweaty and strong? Definitely me. Tap into your motivation at OnePeloton.com. The NFL wants to help players ease their pain. The NFL plans to spend up to $1 million to fund five studies examining ways to help players with pain management. The focus is to find alternatives to opioids, including marijuana and CBD products. Current research shows some beneficial evidence, but experts say the studies are flawed. The league and NFL Players Association formed a joint pain management committee back in 2019, but up until now, marijuana hasn't been studied in depth. It's still considered a banned substance. Monica Ricks, CBS News. Taste of the Tropics is coming to New York City next month. Jamie Buffett's $370 million Times Square Resort is on schedule to open in July with a 32-story hotel, a 5 o'clock somewhere bar, and a license-to-chill cocktail lounge. Margaritaville Restaurant will serve cheeseburgers in paradise by a heated outdoor pool. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. It's all about the nose. It's your air filter, the first line of defense against bacteria and viruses. If too many germs get stuck in your nose, guess what? You get sick. That's why it's so important to keep your nose clean, just like washing your hands. Nasal irrigation gets rid of germs by rinsing the nasal cavity, but neti pots are hard to use and, frankly, kind of gross. Now there's a better way to keep your nose clean and help your body protect itself. It's called Navage Nasal Care. Navage uses powered suction to flush out allergens, mucus, bacteria, and viruses. Millions use Navage for fast, all-natural relief from sinus congestion and allergies and to breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and comes with an absolute guarantee of satisfaction. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Now it's time to start cleaning your nose with Navage. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. Navage. 
N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Since 1921, Oblenis Hospital has been part of the fabric of Southeast Ohio, sharing in the healthcare journeys of our friends and neighbors. And since becoming part of the Ohio Health family, we've proudly continued that service through investments in a new ICU, primary and specialty care services, and an expanded emergency department. Learn more about our commitment to expert care in our community at ohiohealth.com slash oblenis100. Get five-star tools for your five-star dad with battery power made by steel. From mowers and blowers to trimmers and more, with the AK Homeowner Series starting at $199.99, Dad can get the work done quickly and make more time for what really matters. Shop online at steelusa.com slash gift guide. Pick up at over 10,000 local steel dealers. All prices MSRP includes battery and charger are available at participating dealers. Dad doesn't quit until the job is done. So get him gas-powered tools from steel that can keep up with him. From chainsaws and trimmers to blowers and more, steel has the tools Dad needs. With legendary steel gas-powered equipment starting at $139.99. Shop online at steelusa.com slash gift guide. Pick up at over 10,000 local steel dealers. All prices MSRP available participating dealers. Welcome to Sweet Tea USA, where we know our sweet tea, and we like it sweet. Sweet in the morning to get you through the day, sweet in the evening to put a smile on your face. And McDonald's knows sweet tea, too. That's why you can get any size sweet tea for just a dollar. Plus, with insulated large cups, your drink stays cold longer. Here in Sweet Tea USA, everything is a little sweeter. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal as compared to prior Lodge Cup. This is the sound of a popular American motorcycle. It's the sound of freedom, the open road, really good times. And this is what it sounds like with a drunk guy in it. How do you like the sound of that? Cops are cracking down on drunk motorcycle riders. If you ride drunk, you will get caught and you will get arrested. Drunk riding. Over the limit, under arrest. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Transportation. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 9 p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse at 410 West Union Street in Athens. Hello, it's John Kozik, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty, and I buy houses as is, fast for cash. Call me today for an all-cash offer on any of your properties, and we can close within days at 614-362-2000, 362-2000. Do you own a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. 
I'm a private real estate investor who can solve your real estate problems fast for cash. Do you want to sell and just be done with it? Okay, great. I buy vacant properties, boarded up houses, pre-foreclosures, and inherited properties. I also buy apartment buildings, rental portfolios, divorce homes. I even buy my tenant won't pay me the rent houses. I look forward to solving your real estate problems today. Give me a call for an all-cash offer at 614-362-2000. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. 10 after 9. Good morning, folks. A little bit different today. Cloudy, drippy. Still showing 74 degrees, headed up to 80, maybe even, uh, well, no, 80 are high today with some rain. Hey, we got a special edition today. There's a remarkable bakery over near Jackson, Ohio, called the Four Mile Bakery. Consequently, on Four Mile Road. They have the most amazing baked items, particularly uh, famous for their uh, donuts, right? Which, um, you know, this donut you could wear as a crown. I mean, it's that big. Amazing. And some, uh, some good friends of ours brought some over to us, and then we said, hey, we've got to lit visit this place and so we have and uh, we met the owners and uh, joining us live this morning and it's a couple uh, Sean and Megan uh, Megan couldn't make it but Sean and Megan own um, Four Mile Bakery and the last name Sean is Rick and Dollar it's Rich and Dollar Rich and Sean Dollar. Rich and Dollar okay. Well, I'm envious of your voice already. You've only said uh, your last name. But uh, you belong in our industry, I think. Listen, so let's, let's just get into this. We, we'll have Megan some other time. Jackson, Ohio. Uh, you know, that four-mile stretch, four-mile road, there's a number of interesting enterprises along there. And I think we often use the term Amish when it may not be exactly Amish. It could be Mennonite. It could be something else. But um, tell us about that road a bit. Well, you know, Four Mile Road is named after the village that uh, existed there. And it's still there to some extent. It's not nearly as big as it was 100 years ago back uh, late 1800s, there was a population in the village of Four Mile, upward of 200 people. Really? And uh, so, you know, the road is named after the Four Mile Village, and the village is about four miles from the, the edge of Jackson. Mm-hmm. So that's how we got our name. And, and out there today, we've got, uh, it's, it's, it's about 2,000 Amish uh, in the area. So it's kind of like a an Amish village kind of so to speak so and we've got a number of Amish related uh, businesses out there 
And in Holmes County, rather than, than calling a, a business Amish or it's a Mennonite business or, you know, one of those two terms, they, they, they kind of stick with the term plain community. Plain. Yeah, plain community. And you'll see magazines, you know, the plain community magazine, plain community dealer, mm. uh, and, and other names. But plain kind of encompasses both Amish now, and Mennonite. Um, when I met you, uh, which was purely by accident one day um, on a Saturday. <laughs> you and, were standing there in the donut line. And I was, and, and all of a sudden you turned to the girls and said, fill his box up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what a thrill that was. I thought I saw a guy that could possibly <laughs> fall in love with our donuts. Well, uh, the whole staff here could, and we'll work on that someday. But um, it's it's kind of like being being a drug dealer, Dave. You know, yeah. you get people addicted to the sugar, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you're a rich guy. You know. Well, um, somehow or other, I have the feeling that maybe you, or maybe neither you or Megan, grew up there. Um, now, is that true? Well, kind of, sort of. You know, my wife is from Jackson. She is. Uh, okay. I'm I'm from Laraville, that area. And so, yeah, we are Southern Ohio Appalachian people, you know. This is this is home to us. But we did not grow up in the Mennonite Amish community. We chose to join that community uh, back in 2001-ish. Mm-hmm. When we fell in love with our Amish neighbors, Amish started moving into our area. We had a horse that needed the hoofs trimmed, and this farrier Amish man was just around the corner from our house, and we we went over there and asked him to trim the hooves on our horses, and he, he did. He invited us for supper afterwards. I sat at a long table in a, uh, in a, in a house with no electricity, mm-hmm. A lantern above the table that was the only light source. Around that table were children from the age of six months old all the way up to uh, 10, 11 years old. And there were eight or nine of them. Mm-hmm. And they were all eating, and the two-year-old is sitting there and not running around like a crazy child. And, you know, it was... It was incredible, and I, th- I thought, man, I'd like to have this for my family. And and I've always been, I, this is just kind of the quirky thing about me, and my wife is not this way, but for me, I've always been intrigued by different people and their culture. Mm. People different, I say people different than me, you know, than how I am. And we were drawn in. I said, can we join the Amish? No. <laughs> you won't make it, is what Roy said to me. I'm talking about Roy Brennan, my neighbor. He said, you won't make it. You can't make it. And then once you leave, we'll have to shun you. And so he convinced me to check out Mennonites. And, you know, it's it's an interesting thing among Amish and Mennonites. You have all different levels, kind of like Judaism. You have the Hasidic, you know, a very distinctive way of dress, and then you have Jews who are secular, mm. who have uh, the the bloodline of, of being Jewish. But then there's different increments of Judaism 
that you can measure in between the two extremes or the two the the two ends and it's that way among Mennonites and Amish and and so you have you have that as well and we were somewhere toward the ultra conservative orthodox end of Mennonites somewhere I came across a writing by your wife describing uh, different segments of your life and she mentioned that the two of you as young parents so I don't know how long ago this was and how, how many children did you have? Well, we have two daughters it's, okay. it's about 2,000 I think that where you're referring to uh, the two of you, as young parents, found yourselves in search of truth, true community, and an answer to a declining culture. Wow. You know, that's powerful. And, and you know, does one ever find all of that? You know, and it is the bad thing that they try. <laughs> of course not, but um, that's just powerful. Truth. Uh, let's see. I lost my place again. Truth, community, and D and an answer to a declining culture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, w where were you living at the time that that all occurred? Uh, right next door to Roy Brenneman, <laughs> my Amish neighbor. I see. And he influenced you, eh? He did. He did absolutely. And it was it was good. I mean, my my. My little girls, I mean, imagine Little House on the Prairie. That's the upbringing that, that my daughters had. Now, uh, you know, that's, there's, there was no cell phone. There was no television. There was no radio. Mm -hmm. We sat around in the living room after supper and would read stories to our children. And the, the fruit of that, both of our daughters are, are extreme uh, readers today. Mm -hmm. They read and read and read and they read, uh, you know, some great works. And anyway, uh, that, that man, I wouldn't trade that time for anything. The time that we sat there on the couches together and, you know, one daughter under my arm, another daughter under my wife's arm, and my wife would read for a while and I would read for a while. Wow, we were close. That that was I, that was an awesome time. You know, another thing that um, I hadn't quite thought of, but it certainly made sense as I read it. Uh, at least in your case, uh, you didn't allow your children to watch regular programming on television. In fact, you owned a TV and a VCR, but no um, off-air TV programming. You were defiantly not normal when compared with your peers, and um, so you could be, you could have, um, what do I want to say, a very controlled choice of what they viewed. Yeah, and, and let me talk about that for a second. You know, that, that TV and that VCR, and uh, that was before we were Mennonite. We were kind of being Mennonite, but we weren't Mennonite yet. And uh, when we flipped the switch and we, we worked on membership in the Mennonite uh, church in that community, uh, we had to get rid of the TV and we got rid of the, of the video player. And so there, there, there for 10 years when we were solid members of the Mennonite community, 
uh, we we didn't even have the TV, so there was not that influence. It was it was the reading. Now, uh, what were you each like before meeting one another? You know, I mean, I, I got to think that um, uh, these beliefs that you hold so strongly to be true today and that have been good for your family are something that came about collectively, not not that you each held those opinions all along. Uh, forget what I said. Just answer my question. <laughs> my wife was raised a Methodist, and I was raised in a little country church, and not a not a not even a not even a denominational church. And then we have a college edu- each have a college education. My wife has her uh, bachelor's of science in agriculture from Moorhead University, and I uh, have my undergraduate and then a master's degree. And it you know we're. In what? Um, we're kind of dumb, but we're not that dumb. We do have some education, but we saw the benefits of community. And, you know, in our, our current cultural situation that's all around us, community is lost. And I can I just go out on a limb here and say something that's, that's kind of crazy? Crazy, but not crazy? I think so. Even within Mennonites and Amish, there are conservatives and there are progressives but for the benefit the mutual benefit of the community those conservatives and progressives they they find ways to kind of help each other out Mm -hmm. and at the end when somebody's house burns down conservative and progressive come together and they rebuild the house it's that's the benefit of community we can help each other I, I need to back up just a bit because you mentioned you had um, um, graduate uh, undergrad and grad degree but I didn't hear in what undergraduate was uh, a unique degree in community development and it was a mix of where was that that's uh, you you've you've heard of it you've heard of this private university recently in national news they beat Ohio State in basketball and, and turned the whole thing upside down. Oral Roberts University, oh, ORU yeah. in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I know it well. And the degree program that, uh, that I was there at that university um, was, for me, in, in the route that I chose, it was, it was flexible a little bit, but it was a mix of business, a mix of community development, and agriculture. And those professors, what they taught me, haunt me today. <laughs> the marketing class in particular. If you've been to my bakery, you, you'll see what my professor in college taught me. And just for instance, one day he puts you know the class on the road and we're all following each other over to Arkansas, a two-hour drive, to a place that's akin in our area to Hillbilly Hot Dogs. Uh, but it was it was a barbecue smokehouse and we're and you know there were we had to write a report about our day but you get close there's nothing around this barbecue place except out by the road is a smoker that's going full bore mm-hmm. smoke is rolling off of it you can smell the smoking meat immediately you start to get you know you're you're you salivate you're like mm-hmm. oh yeah mm-hmm. we're going to have us some some smoked uh, ham or smoked, you know, whatever. And, you know, what he taught me in that marketing class, that's what I'm doing today, and it's working. So the, the master's program that I 
completed was uh, Richmond University in Atlanta, Georgia. It's uh, a, a leadership program, uh, kind of akin to the John Maxwell style of leadership, which is servant leadership. It's not as opposed to like military style leadership where you do what I tell you because I'm telling you to do it. Servant leadership says, yeah, I'm the leader. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to see what your needs are and I'm going to help you meet those needs and we're going to work together and we're going to take this mountain. Servant now, leadership. Uh, I'm, let's concentrate on these two religious terms, Amish and Mennonite. Um, the Amish um, are very strict in how they go about um, using certain, uh, living their lives. And I mean by that, uh, they, not, they don't use natural gas. They don't use electricity. They don't have radios, to my knowledge, um, even battery-powered. Um and um, and then their manner of dress, and of course, their manner of of um, practicing. Now, Mennonite also very restrictive, but just a few relaxations there, right? You've got uh, you may use electricity. Is that correct? Not always. Each each church can be different. And, and uh, but go ahead with your question. Okay. Well, but yes, uh, yes, most most Mennonites use electricity. And but in Bainbridge, Ohio, there are horse and buggy Mennonites that are exactly like the Amish, and don't use electricity. Okay. And, and then they also have horses and buggies, and they don't have a conventional vehicle, a, a car or a truck. Um, so the Mennonites, I guess, depending on which group you become associated with, um, and we can say Christians, right? The Christians, yes. there's a number of different churches, and all of them have a few differences. Uh, each of them has this that they particularly believe in and something else but they may not, but they're Christian. Um... The Mennonites, you can have a variety of different beliefs there, too. And some are more restrictive than others. Did I say it accurately? Yeah, that's, that's a good that's a good. Uh, you, you drove over here in a vehicle today. Yes, yes. And um, a vehicle I was uh, envious of, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> a Jeep Wrangler, yes. Yeah. It's an awesome car. Yeah. So anyway, 14 years ago, this idea of establishing a bakery on Four Mile Road came about. Now, I assume the skills for this, in terms of purely making the food out of this world, were on Megan's side. Yes and no. Okay. Uh, but I and I want to talk about those donuts. But could I just say one more thing about Amish and Mennonite? Of course, of course. You are your your analysis of Amish and Mennonite differences is is accurate. You've observed some of those things yourself. 
uh, and and come to that. But like I said just a couple of minutes back, within Judaism there are secular Jews and then there's Hasidic and then there's different measurements and there may even be more conservative than Hasidic. That's just, I'm not familiar enough to know. But I have observed marked points between those two ends of the spectrum, mm. we'll call them. And within Mennonites, there is the same spectrum. You have Mennonites like what I spoke of earlier that are horse and buggy. And then you have Mennonites that are very orthodox, that don't allow TV, radio, uh, black cars is all they'll drive would be all that they would drive no chrome and then in between the horse and buggy Mennonite and the what I would call the very orthodox Mennonite are different measurements mm-hmm. there will be uh, Mennonites who say you know black cars I'm not really into that I'd like to I'd like to have I'd like to have a white pickup truck and then so they're a little more progressive that they'll drive a white vehicle and then a little more progressive that the head covering that the women wear is not as large a head covering as the most orthodox Mennonite. Mm -hmm. And so there's different measurements. Same thing with Amish. And the terms Amish and Mennonite are relative to some degree. The Amish group that is where I live, that, that are where I live, because they use overhead doors and air-powered tools, some more orthodox or conservative Amish would would say, well, you know, they're really heading toward being a Mennonite. And if, if I was upset right now, I'd call them a Mennonite because of, of their progressiveness. So, yeah. And then when... So is there a... Um, are Mennonites less thought of? I mean, it, it almost sounds like um, to be the purest pure you can be, you must be, um, let's say, truly Amish. Uh, and then there's some relaxation, and then somewhere do you get down the line to someone like me, a Presbyterian. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is. There is some, some prejudice there yeah. between conservative and progressive. <laughs> but again, because of the value of the community, they will, they have, Mennonites and Amish have a remarkable uh, determination to say, hey, you know, we we disagree over the white truck versus the black truck, but you know what? It's just a stupid truck. Mm. And we're, we gotta, we gotta get uh, John Yoder's barn rebuilt. It burnt down. Now, come on, let's let the truck, um, now this is Mennonite, you know. Let's let the truck go for the minute, for the moment, and let's get John's barn rebuilt. I mm. mean, the man, his whole his whole livelihood, and his his wife and his children, they all are depending on what they do with that barn. We got to help him out. Mm. So, for the sake of the community, there is compromise. But yes, there's absolutely no denying that there is some looking down on others because of how either progressive they are or how conservative they are, depending on where you're, where you're located. Okay, so you've got a bakery, and it's out of this world, and we're going to talk about it in more detail in a moment. But uh, living all about you are Amish people. Yes. Do they buy your product? Yes. So it, they don't care that it was manufactured maybe with 
refrigeration. No. Okay. And they'll ride in my car. And they'll call me and say, ah, can you get me to Walmart? we got to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> and we're friends. You know, we work it out. Now, now, they draw the line that they're not going to buy a car and own a car, but they will ride in your car, and gladly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But we, we have Amish employees and have had from the beginning. The beginning of the bakery uh, was... So let's well, start right in there. Was that Megan's idea or yours? Uh, together, okay. and we're with our neighbor Roy Brenneman, and you know we're. And that was the shoe, the the horse farrier. Yes. Okay. And we're we're looking at how we can uh, matriculate and become Mennonites, and what it takes to become a Mennonite. Our our little girls are going to wear handmade cape dresses. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wear long sleeve shirts and long long pants and dark pants and solid color shirts no fancy watch no wedding ring anymore we're we're heading into being mennonites and i was a professional photographer a portrait photographer a high-end portrait photographer specialized in families and wedding photography and senior portraits and i got to get rid of that business it doesn't fit being mennonite and so we're talking to our neighbors. But, but that's an art. Oh yeah, yeah, and I love uh, it. How can you give up an art? Uh, I, 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 I didn't entirely. I kept my camera. I didn't, didn't do professional photography, but I started doing calendar photography, traveling to Alaska and yeah, yeah. the West. But to make a long story short, we talked to our neighbor what would fit in the Mennonite Church, and the bakery idea came with our Amish neighbor and his kids would would work with my kids uh, together in this bakery and there was another Amish bakery in the community that had started a year earlier they didn't uh, they struggled to meet the requirements of the health department for refrigeration and then fuel like you said earlier the Amish uh, choose not to use natural gas and the Amish in my community don't use propane Mm-hmm. So they were using a white gas, which is a little more volatile, a little more dangerous. Right. The health department was uneasy with that. They, the health department really tried to, to help this family, but ultimately we we showed up on their doorstep and said, mm, sell us your bakery and your recipe, and your daughters can work for us. We'll pay them well. And so with that family, Roy Brenneman's family, and my family, we we started the bakery. It's an old Amish recipe. Well, uh, how many years ago was that? Uh, now, this is where I can get in trouble. This is where Rough. my brilliant wife would really shine. Okay. She knows dates. I'm an estimator. That was approximately 15 years ago. Okay. Now, um, I think the first time I heard about your donuts was maybe five years ago. And then some... Friends of ours, Dale and Darla, brought some over to us maybe two weeks later. They had been over there. And then it was just, what, a month or two ago that we we went over there on a weekend ourselves, Pat and myself. Wow. Um, it is worth um, every moment. The store, yeah, we hear about the bakery, and we hear about these donuts that are the size of a 
crown on your head. Um, but there's so many other wonderfully made baked items. Um, <clears throat> but the whole shop has sauces and ciders and candies and things that are very unique in that I've not seen particularly in any other location, particularly in that, that massive an assortment. Okay, now, um, you have limited hours. Yes. You work, what, three days a week? Yes. And you No. <laughs> four? We're open three days a week, oh. but we work five to six days a week, but we're only open three days a week. Okay. But my wife and I are there on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Well, sure. Getting things ready. But, um... And we farm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're open. Yes. And you're open from 7.30 in the morning until like 3 in the afternoon. Something right. like that. Very limited. And wow. Pe and people come to me uh, frequently and they say, you know, aren't you, you know, you must not be that smart. Here you've got all these people coming out here to this bakery. Couldn't you just like expand your days and your hours and do even more business? And I'm, I, you know, I'm like, yeah, I probably could. Uh, and the fun thing is, I, I like even the other day somebody was saying that to me, and I said, "Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hang on. Let me get my wife because I want you to tell her this idea." <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm I'm the diplomat. I'm I'm soft. You know, I don't want to say anything that's going to hurt your feelings. My wife will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's she's the brains, she's the worker, and you know, I was so bad. I I put this person on my wife to give the, her this idea, like she has never heard it before, you know, and she's heard it a million times, and she's like, "I will kill you." <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you know, we are making enough money, and this is kind of this is kind of an Amish Mennonite cultural thing. We don't need to be like mega rich you know we just need enough money to pay the mortgage and pay the bills mm. and take care of the kids and that's kind of all we need isn't it and do we need to work ourselves to death to be rich what good is it and we've got a lot to do there with just being open the three days a week we're we're farming we uh we've got uh, a, not a big farm, but it's it's about 150 acres, and we got uh, you know 12, 15 cows, depending on if you count the calves that were just born. Mm -hmm. We've we got a dozen horses, we got you know, a dozen goats, we've got uh, two dozen chickens, and uh, we're busy. Uh, we you know we're we're consumed with that. So three days a week, and then now the marketing side of that is, and for you folks that are thinking about a business out there. Anytime you can get your business with a little flag about your business in the consumer's mind, you got to do it. And when your product or your business is only available three days a week, it causes a mental flag in the consumer's mind that says, wow, those donuts are really good, but I can, I can only get them three days a week. That's how good they are. 
and the assumption of the quality and all of that is related as well. You'll pay typically, generally speaking, and this is this I can, I can almost hear my professor's voice as I say this to you. People want what they can't get. And when you limit the product, yep, 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 it yep. becomes more valuable. Right. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's worked very well. Other businesses in Jackson have talked to me about this, modeled it, and boom, instant success. Rowdy's Smokehouse in Jackson is oh, one of yes. them. Yep. Well, I, I think I heard Scott back there. What'd you say? You liked that one, huh? I said, oh, yes. Oh, and yeah. um, Rowdy's Smokehouse is a, is a good example of that business model because I've been down there thinking they were going to be open, you know, what? Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No way. It's just yeah. Thursday, Friday, Nobody. Saturday. Yep. And it's the best <clears throat> daggone smokehouse it, it around, really I'm telling good. you. And then when I was there one time when they were open, they ran out of product. Yeah. yeah. Because it's so good. Yeah. And the the ribs, the smoked ribs, fantastic. Barbecue, fantastic. You know, not to plug rowdies, but I guess I just did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the same business model for you. Yeah. Four yeah. Mile Bakery. And, and think about that for a minute. When you've got your team working seven days a week, all shifts, uh, you, you have to inspire them to keep things fresh and keep things new in their mind, keep them motivated. It's so much easier to keep your staff motivated when they've had a couple of days to rest and do something else. Absolutely. And then we, we pour ourselves into it Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We, we really go full bore on doing the best that we can do. Yeah. And I think, too, from an employee standpoint, like you just mentioned, you get a couple of days rest, and then then they they get to, what, Friday? And they know Saturday? Yeah. You know, they're they're done? Yeah. On Saturday, you get a couple more days. How many times have we been in a restaurant on a Monday, and you there's two or three tables seated? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, nobody's there. You're there on Saturday right. night, and it's, it's booming. Yeah. Yeah. And then your employees, again, I think it's a good lift for them to know i you know i we get we do this one more day and we've got what three more days off and then we go at it again so it's a good i think a good morale booster to knowing you put out a good product like that so it's a, again the business model you've created there so <clears throat> have you any other dream you'd like to put forward and, and, you know, some idea that's scratching you in the back saying, wouldn't it be fun to do this? Yeah. Or that? Yeah. That you haven't done yet? Yeah. I'm going to give you three. Okay. One is quick and easy. It's travel. I love to experience new cultures and new people and taste. Like you and I were talking before we came on the air. Mm -hmm. Taste foods. Mom and pop style foods. Uh, gourmet food. You know, stuff that is not... Uh, you know, a national brand. It's stuff that, that's created locally. Yeah. Uh, secondly, uh, you know, first travel and experience new cultures. Secondly, I've got an idea for another business on our place that's a farm market. And it's, it's local produce. It's uh, some horse tack, uh, some, uh, you know, goat-themed uh, area that is everything that's a goat product, goat lotion, goat soap, um, anything that's a goat product and then you know just a farm market uh, with with kind of those ideas third uh this is a big one you know i'm 55 now uh 
I've, it, it, except when I was in college, I, I've never really worked for anybody else. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't know what's wrong with me. My wife tells me, you know, go get a job. Will you get a job? And okay. So I've got this passion to like inspire or help nurture other people that have business ideas sitting right in front of me. I've got a jar of jam called the country kettle. Uh, the woman who, who is behind this product is a Mennonite and she grew up in school with my daughters and here she is and she's like okay I'm married now I've got four children and I've got more children coming what am I going to do that I can bring in some money to the household you know and add to the family pot and uh, she has this this idea to do a jam business and uh, I'm telling you the the young lady is is not even you know not even 30 years old yet and she's i'm going to say the number you know from home she's making sixty thousand dollars a year profit doing a jam business now she's got recipes that are mennonite recipes that you can bank on that they're when you're eating the blackberry jam you know that recipe that she's bottling up and jarring for you that you're going to spread on your toast that's a recipe that's a couple of hundred years old at least and you're you're putting in your mouth uh the history of their family uh via jam mm -hmm. and so you know that third thing you ask what what is it i'd like to do yet man i want to see more things like this entrepreneurs with ideas for business you name it there there's stuff we can do to to meet our needs to to be able to 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 get off the ground. I mean, lots of people are struggling, uh, especially with this last year and a half that we've been through. But you know, the, the lights are coming on, There's we're at the end of the tunnel, and there's stuff we can do if we only put our minds to it, as opposed to sitting down in the cave, in the corner, in the dark, uh, wow, life's not good, I'm not going anywhere. You know, change your mind and change your life and do something, create something, sell something. You have such a unique collection of, uh, of other people's products as well. Yes. Um, yep. <clears throat> your jam you just mentioned is an example. Um, is it possible for you to work with other food sellers? Yes. Oh, I think of um, um, Kindred Market here in town. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, to provide some of these things that you have found have been extremely popular and successful uh, to help supply them. Um, in other words, sort of a middleman position. Um, because... Uh, you know, it's one thing to have a good product. It's another thing for people to know about it. And and then there's some people that only think, well, if they just try it, then they'll be hooked. But then um, there's businesses like ourselves who get people to try it. And then they're hooked. Anyway, you, I, you're probably, do you do any distribution? Uh, we don't do any distribution. Our kitchen is, is not set up for that. 
uh, we're our our. Well, that's we're talking about now you, the products you make, but what about these many products you offer? Yes, yes, I. Yes and no. No, we're not distributing anything, but we can we can put people in touch with who our suppliers are, and okay. nine out of ten of the suppliers that we use are based either in Holmes County, Ohio, largest Amish population in the world. It's not Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, but secondly, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania is uh, where Dutch Valley. Uh, Wholesale Foods is located. That's a Mennonite-owned organization, and many others. So there's lots of sources out there, and I would I would be delighted to to share some of those sources. Well, you know, we said you have sort of limited hours. Let's let's make sure our audience knows what they are. So you're open what three days a week? Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we had been open seven thirty to three. We expanded our hours by a half hour each day. We're now open at 7 a.m. all the way till 3 in the afternoon. And you can get a donut that is soft like cotton candy. It's an old Amish recipe. There's some secrets to the process. But the basic awesome thing is they're handmade. And so they can be soft and tender and and fluffy. Well, we've talked a lot about these donuts, but let's talk about some of the other offerings. I, because you guys filled up a box for us. Um, when we were over there, I don't know, a month and a half ago. And every single item was out of this world, even though they were each significantly different from one another. Um, so talk about, of course, your donuts, everybody going to talk about those. What, what are these items that you're so proud of? You know, the first case that you come to as you walk in the front door is going to be the cheese case. And inside of that case, we've got cheeses from Holmes County and uh, from Dutch Valley over in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Amish cheeses, meats. The couple of unique things there. Number one, trail bologna. Why is it called trail bologna? It's from the little town, you know, five or six buildings when you drive through there in northern Ohio, Holmes County. It's called Trail, Ohio, (laughs) and the recipe that they use for that bologna is very old. The recipe is just the same as it always has been, and it's an awesome bologna, good bologna. Not a lot of junk like modern recipes of of hot dogs and bologna, but a good, good bologna. And, uh, you know, you take a bite of that, and it's just kind of like takes me back to the 70s uh, when my mother had us in the car and, you know, back then, we just let the kids roam the car. You know, no car seats back then. Remember that? Yeah. 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 It's like, hey, you're on your own, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're all heading to the state park to go swimming in the lake that day. And my mom says, and let's get something to eat. And we stop at the store, and we get a loaf of bread and bologna and maybe some cheese. And you bite into that trail bologna, and it just, for me, it takes me back to the 70s. I'm, I'm in the backseat of the car again, and... My mom's taking all of his kids out on a special uh, special mm. day, you know. Mm-hmm. Secondly, uh, the cheese, okay. In Holmes County, now this is not an Amish-made cheese. This is a Swiss family that immigrated. Uh, I'm not exactly sure of the date, but I think it was about 100 years ago. I don't know that. You, you know, if, if somebody's listening and you know, 
uh, Gugusberg cheese and when the immigration of the family was. And, and you know, you, you can catch me on this. I don't know. I don't know when they immigrated. But they came from Switzerland, brought the Swiss recipe with them, and they chose Holmes County uh, because of the Amish farmers that were there. And when you think of an Amish farm, there's not, you know, they, they kind of specialize in small herds and they, they knew buying their, what their milk product was, buying it from the Amish families. And so they brought this Swiss cheese recipe with them. They located in Holmes County, Gugusberg cheese. It's a Swiss cheese that is sweet and creamy, uh, most Swiss cheeses, when I say Swiss cheese, we think of a tart, dry Swiss cheese. But Gugusberg, world-renowned uh, cheese now, national awards, it's a smooth, buttery, uh, creamy, sweet Swiss cheese. And it's it's just an awesome cheese. Uh, you're doing chicken in the oven for supper, and you shred just a quarter cup of this cheese on top of that chicken, it melts, and man, I'm telling you, it's it's out of this world. Same thing with your eggs in the morning. Uh, you're frying your eggs. You you are finishing it up. You're getting ready to put them on the plate. Uh, put a little bit of a slice of that uh, Gugusberg Swiss cheese on there, and voila, man, I'm telling you, it, it just I'm kind of getting hungry talking about it now with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I I am. So yeah, <laughs> yep. And uh, so we've we've got a, a a scholar here with us who just uh, googled this, and it's Alfred Gugusberg, uh, ventured to the United States from Switzerland Switzerland to pursue his cheese making dream in 1947. 1947. What 80 years ago? 57, 70 years ago. So yeah, I'm not known for my ma- my ability in math, but yeah, 74. Pro- 74. Yes, thank you, yeah. thank you. <laughs> That's where my wife really helps me. You know, we've been married 30 years. She gets so tired of me, <laughs> but you know, I don't know what I'd do without her. She, you know, we're talking about this bakery like it's mine. No, she she is the genius behind this. She manages the 20 employees. She's the brains. She is is rolling when you when you come into our bakery it's thursday friday saturday you'll see my wife through the window we've got a window like is here in your studio that where you can see it in the next room we've got a window into the kitchen and you'll see my wife there rolling out the donuts cutting out the donuts and she's right on top of that whole process she's the brains of the whole deal yeah well it's a wonderful thing, and talk just briefly. We only have three minutes um, about some of the other um, enterprises on Four Mile Road. Uh, you come out our way, like I said, it's a, a community of approximately two thousand Amish on Four Mile Road. You're going to find a greenhouse that's huge. Uh, is it a pond? Is it a lake? It's a huge body of water there at the greenhouse with flowers all around it and large greenhouses and really good prices. And then the other thing you're going to find is a furniture store. Uh, this young Amish man uh, just built a brand new building. He was right next to the bakery. He built a brand new building. His business was growing even during COVID. And uh, Amish made furniture from Holmes County. And him, he and his wife sell that. You come out, we've got a Benton Dent store. We've got... Um, uh, a bulk food store that's just down the road from the bakery. 
we have numerous contractors who will build uh, for you, uh, and they they can build commercial or residential. So and and uh, a uh, feed supply and and a a guy an Amish man that does upholstery on your boats or your old uh, historical cars. A lot. There's a lot that's being offered in Jackson County on Four Mile Road in the community that's there. Folks, you've been listening to uh, Sean R- uh, Rich and Dollar. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's all it's the money, man. <laughs> and uh, uh, I think that's kind of funny. The last name. Rich in dollar, a German name. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as well as its literal English uh, meaning. In the in the past, our German heritage uh, relatives yeah. minted coins in Germany, and Rich in dollar is the real name. Reich, Rich in dollar, Reich in dollar. Yeah. Hey, if I can put a plug in very quickly, I know we're running short on time. I don't know if you mentioned this or not, but I sampled the peach cider that uh, was brought in here. Today? And, yes. And well, that was mine. It, well, you got a full box of stuff, free. No, I didn't. When you were there at the shop. Oh. No, I don't remember that. Uh, of course you don't. Yeah. Keep going, keep going. He told me, he said, help yourself, try this. Okay. So I did, and folks, let me tell you, this stuff is off the charts. Fantastic, good peach cider. It's like the fuzz is on your lips when you're drinking it. Is. it. Yeah. Just like biting into a I'm peach. just curious. Are there wines or alcoholic beverages that are made by Amish or Mennonites? Uh, you know, Amish drink wine at their weddings. Mennonites abstain. Okay. And so you got to mix there. But coming to Four Mile Road, we've got a winery coming. Some entrepreneurs, a uh, young couple that are wine producers, they're coming. Within two, three years, we'll have it. Well, that'll be fun. Well, listen, uh, Sean, keep in touch with us. Yeah, and, it's been uh, fun. Let's um, let's get some people over there to buy those uh, donut crowns. <laughs> I will be over. Yeah, I will visit. Okay. They're they're huge, but they are pricey for a donut. This is not a ninety nine cent donut. It's a huge donut. It's and it's two thirty nine. With that, we're out of time. Glad you're here. Yes. All right, folks. In our seventy first year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM nine seventy and.